The latest rounds of the FIFA World Cup qualifiers have come to a close with the first spot sealed for Qatar 2022. The Confederation of African Football is a big focus following Bafana Bafana's contentious 1-0 loss to Ghana, the result of which has now been appealed by the South African Football Association to the sports governing body FIFA. The lone goal of the match came from a contentious penalty, which is at the centre of Safa's appeal against the result. The win saw Ghana move one step closer to qualifying for next year's World Cup, ending Bafana's hopes of participating in the global showpiece for the first time since hosting the World Cup back in 2010. Bafana Bafana coach Hugo Brosh joined the Supersport team in studio to unpack the 1-0 loss to Ghana. The Belgian coach admitted the outcome was a difficult pill to swallow for his charges. When you see a little bit what we did before, uh, we had one draw and the rest we won yeah. before the game of Ghana. So uh, I, mean, I think that you need to have confidence then, even when you have to go to Ghana. And we had confidence and I, I felt that the days before uh, we didn't play so, such a good game against Zimbabwe. And uh, that's, that was a pity, we were not on our highest level. But in the days after Zimbabwe, I felt that something was growing in the group and the confidence was there to, uh, to do a good result in Ghana. Yeah. But yes, you know what happened and uh, it was very, very difficult for the guys. Brosh also weighed in on his approach to team selection upon taking over the national side earlier this year. The Belgian surprised many by selecting several new faces and believes the approach will stand the national side in good stead in the years to come. When I came here in South Africa, there was a lot of, uh, of, of critics. Yeah. There was nothing, nothing good. Everything was bad. And um, then you have to see and evaluate what, what happened before. And uh, for me, there was something um, a little bit surprising that there was so much uh, older players in the team. So I think the time was there to, to rebuild a new team. So we looked for, for younger players, uh, not only in the big teams, in the big clubs, also in the little clubs and um, we have a group now I think uh, where is uh, much quality a little bit less uh, experience but therefore those qualifiers will be has been very good for those young uh, young group and I think we can look at the future with uh, optimistic Safa, Bafana Bafana and South African football fans at large will know the outcome of FIFA's inquest into Ghana's 1-0 win on November 23. Until then, Ghana progress alongside Algeria, Cameroon, DRC, Egypt, Mali, Morocco, Nigeria, Senegal and Tunisia to round three of the CAF FIFA World Cup qualifying campaign. Playing for pride and a bronze medal in the CAF Women's Champions League, Royal Armed Forces clashed against Malabo Kings in the third-place playoff at the 30 June Stadium in Cairo. It took the Moroccan club all of 10 minutes to find their groove in front of goal as Fatima Tagnu's fierce attempt found the back of the net, leaving goalkeeper Ruth Sunday hapless figure on the ground. Malabo Kings did manage to conjure up chances, albeit from range, as Muriel Linda had Khadija Emrinchi backpedaling but fortunately for the Moroccan shot stopper the ball sailed over the bar. Parity was restored though early in the second half much to the frustration of Royal Armed Forces as Brazilian-born defender Carolina de Pereira rose highest inside the area to steer home Rio Linda's cross. The Moroccan base club should have been a goal up for the second time as Sunday was forced into a superb double save to deny Ghislaine Chebak first and then Sanem Sudi. 
The Nigerian shot-stopper went from hero to villain in less than five minutes as a real goalkeeping howler allowed Chebank to tap the ball into an empty net to see Royal Armed Forces back into the lead. Sunday was caught in no man's land for the second time in the match as captain Fantastic on the day. Chebak sealed a brace to lead his side to a 3-1 victory in the city capital of Cairo with the bronze medal heading the way of Royal Armed Forces. It's the CAF Women's Champions League final as Mumlady Sundowns take on Hazakis in Cairo. Follow it live on your World of Champions. The 2021 Formula 1 season concludes in the Middle East. Just three more rounds left in the two-horse race. Qatar the next destination. It should be a special occasion. It's the first Formula 1 race stage that low sail international circuit. A venue more accustomed to two-wheel action. But there is one driver who has some experience on the track. Haas youngster Nikita Mazepin, who contested in his first ever MRF challenge race at the track in 2014. It's been seven years ago, so it was my second ever. It was my first ever race in a, form, in a Formula car. So I don't exactly remember how it felt. Um, I remember that it was the sandiest session uh, that I've ever done in a race car, um, and you couldn't really see much because of the sand picking up. But uh, it's a track that is uh, very flowing and. Uh, like everybody said, it's loads of high-speed corners, which will test our necks uh, this week for sure. Red Bull's Max Verstappen heads to Doha as championship leader, but his gap at the top was cut to 14 points last weekend in Brazil as Sir Lewis Hamilton won his sixth race of the season. The Briton doesn't know what to expect in Doha, which will also be a new experience for him too. But he's certainly hoping for an incident-free weekend. Well, some weekends it's... Some weekends it's good, some weekends it's not, and uh, we've not been here before, so we, like everyone, not really knowing what to expect. Just hopeful that the car feels like it did last week. I think we learned some things about where to put the car, um, and I hope that applies here, but it might not. Fighting for the title is definitely a new feeling for Verstappen. Before this year, he had never won more than three races in a single Formula One campaign. He's already won nine in 2021. His seventh season in F1. It may just be lucky number seven come the end of the year. You know, there are sometimes some races where, especially for me uh, last year, where, you know, I would be driving in third and I would be on my own and I knew that there was not much to gain or to lose. So then naturally, of course, the race becomes a bit boring. But now most of the races, you're really pushing like the whole race flat out. And uh, that is something which not... Like it doesn't happen all the time. Like you know, there is uh, of course tire management and stuff. But now you're constantly like under pressure, or you are the one attacking, right? And I think that's just great because it's nice to have at least now two teams like fighting for a win. And of course, I hope in the future it's going to be more teams because then it will make it even more exciting. The Qatar Grand Prix is next on the Formula One calendar, where every point will be crucial for Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Catch all the action right here on your World of Champions. The battle for a spot in the last four of the NITO ATP finals intensified as Alexander Zverev took on Hubert Hurkacz in the red group. 
Zverev went into the clash needing one more win to secure his berth in the semi-finals, while Rukac was also looking to keep his less favourable chances of progressing alive. The German got off to a flying start in the first set as he broke Hurkacz in his first service game. Zverev then defended his serve, broke the Poles' second service and then cleaned up the following game to go four love up. The rest of the first set was a formality as Zverev wrapped up a 6-2 victory. Things were far more evenly contested in the second set and Hurkacz steadied himself, denying Zverev any break points to have things level at 4-4. The German finally unsettled the pole to grab the first break of the set, taking a pivotal 5-4 lead. Hurkacz took the first two points against the serve, but Zverev fought back to give himself a chance to serve for the match point. The pole couldn't keep his return in play, handing Zverev a 6-4 victory in the second set. The win, booking the German spot in the final four of the season-ending ATP finals with two wins and a loss in the round-robin stages. Today was, was a tough match mentally because I needed to win, so I was 100% focused and Hubi had no more chance to go to the semi-final, so I know the motivation is, is very difficult for him. Um, so it was very up and down, but I'm happy to be through. I'm happy to have kept my focus um, yeah, and win in straight sets. Daniel Medvedev has simply been a cut above the rest in the red group. The Russian was already through to the semi-finals before playing his final round-robin match against Yannick Sinner the youngest member of the class of 2021. He's never lost to the Italian before, and he clearly had no intentions of ruining his perfect record. Making light work of the 20-year-old in the first set, the Italian was chasing shadows for the most part with Medvedev in complete control, dictating the pace and tempo, winning the set in just 24 minutes, without a blemish, 6-love. The second set saw a different Sinner, a lot more competitive, way more clinical. He still struggled to keep Medvedev quiet. The first set was a breeze for the Russian. The second set was anything but. It went down to a tiebreaker where Sinner managed to restore parity, forcing a third set. Even if Sinner won the game, it wouldn't be enough to get him into the semi-finals, but given the fact that he's never beaten a player ranked in the top five, there was still a lot to fight for in Turin. It was an honourable effort, but it was Medvedev, the defending champion, who delivered, winning the tiebreaker this time around to complete the group stages unbeaten. Having recently competed at the T20 World Cup in the United Arab Emirates and Oman, both India and New Zealand hardly had time to catch their collective breath before facing off in a three-match T20 series which started in Jaipur. India came away with a hard-fought five-wicket victory with two balls remaining in the opening game, but must now ready themselves for the second clash in Ranchi. Surya Kumar Yadav starred in the first game with a brilliant 62, and he fired an ominous warning to the Kiwis ahead of their next clash. Firstly, I've not been doing anything different, just being myself, whatever I've been doing since last two, three years. I, bat the I try and bat the same way in the nets and replicate the same thing in the game. The series is India's first under new coach Rahul Dravid, the fourth highest run scorer in the history of Test cricket.
Look, I think I'm, I'm, it'll be too early for me to comment on anything. Uh, we need to, uh, I, I think we need to give him some breathing space. He's just taken over. I think he's put the hard yards in uh, through the under-19 and the India A sides. Uh, we all know what to expect of him. Uh, it's going to be pretty, he's not going to leave much to chance. It's going to be about preparation. Uh, it's going to be about process and I think it's going to be much, much less about the result. It's more about bringing the joy back into the faces of the uh, team here. So, uh, we, we left nothing to chance. We were best prepared for the game in terms of what we had to do for the game. Uh, so that's where you can leave it and that's what you would expect from someone like Rahul Given that they were beaten by Australia in the T20 World Cup final, the defeat made it back-to-back -back losses for the Black Caps. But captain Tim Sardi took some positives out of the contest. I think the way uh, Mark Chapman was able to come out having not played for, for a long time um, and to bat the way he did was, was terrific. Uh, obviously Gupta as well, um, uh, playing, playing nicely and, and Mitch Satner who um, yeah, probably didn't take as many wickets as he would like through the T20 World Cup, but um, but shows you how his class as well. India will be out to take an unassailable lead in the series when the second T20 gets underway. Catch it live and only on your World of Champions. The playoff stages of the International Swimming League continued with day one of the third playoff game featuring Aqua Centurions, DC Trident, Energy Standard and Toronto Titans. Energy Standard sat in third place on the playoff log going into match three in the playoffs with four log points up for grabs for the event winner. The women's current season MVP Sarah Showstrom was upset in the first race of the evening as Louise Hansen pipped her to victory in the women's 100-meter race, giving Toronto Titans the first win of the evening. Matteo Revolta gave the Aqua Centurions their first win of the night, cruising to victory in the men's 100-meter butterfly. Energy Standard won the women's 4x100-meter freestyle race, edging out Toronto Titans in a photo finish. Meanwhile, the Titans women claimed victory in the 4x100-meter medley, grabbing 24 points to grab some breathing room ahead of Aqua Centurions. The men's 4x100-meter medley final went down to the wire, with Energy Standard and Aqua Centurions taking 24 points each in a tight finish on the wall, courtesy of some vital jackpot points. The results saw Energy Standard sit top of the point standings going into day two of match three in the playoffs, with Toronto Titans second and Aqua Centurions third, separated by just four points. Day two of the third match of the International Swimming League playoffs continues with Energy Standard out in front, followed by Toronto Titans and the Aqua Centurions. You can catch all the action live on Supersport Variety 2.